White Castle, six packs, ribs, four racks, extra cheese, I'll take that. Might fuck around, have some Chick-fil-A, eat whatever I want, it's Darren Strong's epic cheat day. Tune in and hear what I have to say, you're listening to Epic Cheat Day. With your host, Derek Strong. And uh, yeah, I like to start and, you know, whenever you're ready, like, you know, by all means, if you want to go there very thirsty oh he's very thirsty he's gonna take a little sip of some avion spring water from out of his bag guys welcome to another episode of the epic cheat day podcast i'm your host Derek strong with me is alex clay's manager of the laugh factory stand-up comedian extraordinaire and former fat guy he and i are definitely gonna deep dive into some food stuff we're gonna deep dive into some comedy stuff most importantly alex what is the greasiest meal you had this week um I've made the mistake. I've been ordering a lot of Burger King. Ooh, made the mistake. That is pretty rough. It's all right. You know, we, we'll, we'll keep this up if you want to raise it. The Burger King app is a, a monkey's paw right now. It totally is. It's totally, dude, every time you go, every time I go on there, it, by the way, if you heard any audio disruptions, that's where it, we were just fixing the mics to make sure that we're at level. Are you at a good level? Like, I think I'm at a good level. Are you comfortable? Yeah. Oh, no, not volume level. Just uh, like, are you physically comfortable? Uh, Because I'm picking you up really well. So that's good. Okay. So, yeah, the Burger King app. Dude, every time I go on there, it's uh, there's a there's a new special. It's just like, oh, I could get a family meal. I could get three Whoppers, three cheeseburgers and three fries for 12 bucks. Yes, I will get that. Thank you, Burger King app. Well, it's insane. I used to. uh because I was on Uber Eats back in like 2017, 2016. Oh, could, that was the beginning. When you could cheat them out. And then I would order McDonald's and I would get like a burger and fries and like maybe a McChicken. And then your Uber Eats order in total with like tip and everything would be like $9. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. But then they invented the, uh, they invented the, what is it, like the low charge fee where if it's under $10, they just got to boost it up over 10 And now yeah. their like delivery fees are insane. And now there's like, I think uber's unionizing now so everything's twice Wait, as expensive yeah wow. that, that's, why, that every, that's uber, why it's so expensive now that's why uber's yeah. been like 30 dollars to go up the street i was wondering about that because i was like wait lyft is a third of the price how did that happen how did that happen that lyft is cheaper but and it, it, lyft has always been cheaper but now it's like it's much cheaper it's uh it's impressively cheaper so you had burger king and your greasy meal for the day we know that the app is a fucking it's it's crazy because they don't have they don't have any of those crazy fees on there they really don't no they uh i mean god this is just an ad you know what it is you know what i frame my dieting in now is that my parents don't pay my rent out here (laughs) so people like that's where i order the same amount of uber eats as these kids who are like the children of oil barons but then i'm actually broke at the end of the week and got away from my paycheck oh that's brutal but then the but then i found out about the bk app they have like a reward system like i didn't know about the reward system dude tell us so yesterday i got a free whopper i spent like an eighth of my bk points wow <laughs> i got okay. a whopper in the new uh spicy chicken sandwich yesterday pretty good dude i'm loving that spicy chicken sandwich but really. here is the problem oh okay hit me with it I'm i have eaten burger king once a day if not once every two days for breakfast for like the last week and a half two weeks that's a problem i can't stop shitting <laughs> I, I got i got are, are you surprised though i mean let's be honest here you know what the culprit is no well i i've never eaten i've never supersized me before i've never gone on like a binge of this and it's just because i i i had like a lapse of like not going out and buying like good food from yeah. my fridge and all that stuff so then it's like oh well it's seven dollars to get you know some because also they're chicken nuggets. I get chicken nuggets instead of fries. They're like one yeah. forty. Oh, by the way, right here, high five with that, dude. When I was, especially when I was big boy level, like the Derek Strong meal at McDonald's, the standing meal was two Big Macs and a twenty piece. Two Big Macs. Oh damn. That was a, that was when I was three thirty. That's like I would knock that out. Like that was because I if I have a choice between fries and nugs, I'm getting the nugs. You know what's weird? I've I've always liked the Big Mac, but yeah. it's never been my thing. Never yeah. never my go to order. I, I think a Big Mac's only when you've had like a night, like you get back from like a camping trip and you're like, I just need something to like hit my stomach. But other than that, <laughs> I've never been. A, what do you like about the Big Mac? So it's a to, it, to me, it's the sauce. And and now and here's the fucked up thing is like now that I found a good replacement uh, Big Mac sauce, which, by the way, crazy enough, 
the Walmart branded burger sauce, it's just called burger sauce, right? Is an exact flavor replica of Big Mac sauce. Now that I have that, it's just like, fuck it, I don't order. That. Now I can actually get like a good burger and use that on there instead. So it's really all about the sauce. And also, I've also done it where I've like, especially when I'm McGangbanging, like I'll fucking. Uh, do you really order? Do you say that at the counter? Uh, I've done it one time because somebody told me I could do that and they just looked at me like I was fucking crazy. So I'm like, all right, so just let me get a McChicken and a McDouble. Technically speaking, a, Mc, a McGangbang is a McChicken and a double cheeseburger, which is different from a McDouble. Well, I, th- I, I am just like everyone else, and I heard all the rumors when you're growing up. You're like, you go, if you ask for a McGangbang, they'll put, like... So, some places do, uh, but, like, what, the place that I tried it at didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Um, but, yeah, you could just... It's easy to do yourself. You know, you just take the, the, the McDouble, you split it down the middle, so you have, like, bun, meat, and then uh, meat, bun, and then you take the whole McChicken, bread and all, put that right in between. So it's just... It's bun, meat bun chicken bun meat cheese bun okay what, what's been your favorite uh mcdonald's secret menu item oh it's definitely the mcgangbang it's i get the mcgangbang when i do it i get i want the mcgangbang with mac sauce on everything so mac sauce on the mcchicken mac sauce on the uh on the um on the burger what about you i worked at mcdonald's when i was 16 yeah they believe it or not for a little while, we had like a soup steamer. They sold chicken noodle soup. What the fuck, really? It was weirdly good. And the thing is, is when you're when you're working, well, it's like made a, with beef tallow. Of course, it's gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm this fat, like sixteen year old. Like I worked at the, I worked at a, uh, like an off the highway. My like, oh. me, I worked at an off the yeah. highway meth town McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the every, you know it. So it was like. I was one of the last people in like 2013 to still be using like flipping burgers because really, that, yeah, half, they weren't doing the little steamer trays. Or halfway through like that. my halfway through me working there, they did get the steamer tray thing. Yeah, but yeah. I, I was scraping stuff off, scraping grease, but now it's all plastic and everything. Everything's so easy to clean. Yeah, but when I was there, it was like a weird 20s, like 13 era, and there was soup. It was really good, and so I'm like full of grease and sweaty, and I'm already like 300 pounds in yeah. high school. So then, it, just a nice. I, also, I'm a soup boy. I, soup probably my favorite food next to like. Really. Soup. It's so healing. I don't know any kind of soup. I'm. It needs to be hot, but I'm here for a, almost any soup. This is this is a revelation to me. Oh, so real quick. So greasiest meal you'll say was a Whopper and uh, um, spicy chicken sandwich. I I did have spaghetti for breakfast this morning. <laughs> what was on it? Um, it was a rigatoni, and then I just put like a turkey burger, and I munch that up into some classico sauce and like chop some onions and put some garlic powder in there put some uh dude I, you I, are you, I, <laughs> you you are doing the full-on college broke student like, meal thing right like there. i that said is, if, if anyone wants to understand my diet it's that my parents don't pay my rent in this comedy exactly scene. and you are paying with just comedy money and, and work money so Wait, that's 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 a the lot laugh factory pays pretty well yeah you know? oh well that's mazel tov we have um, you know as much Free popcorn, Lay's chips as you want there, and that's how that's how that I like that. That's how that's how you're uh, what you call it. That's how you're uh, uh, substituting for the lack of nutrition that you have throughout the week. Is Lay's chips and popcorn. Um, we ran at Laugh Factory. We uh, we we don't need to use oranges right now because none of our drinks make them. So we just had a whole box of oranges. So I just have been eating oranges for a week. Getting that vitamin C in there. I felt fucking fantastic. I was like, Oh my God, I've been eating burger. I've been binging Burger King for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So I I really want to go with, uh, for the name of the episode, uh, spicy chicken and Whopper with Alex Clay's. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be the name of the episode of the podcast. I'm telling you, uh, Cy Hill, other comedian in the scene. Love Cy. Laugh Factory. Is he still doing his burger blog? Because I have not seen a post of it. Let me just say, I was going to bring this up because, you know, shout out to Cy's burger blog. Now he's eating salads. It's Cy's salad blog because he was shitting blood because he was eating burgers all week. Now, I, now for the first time, I'm doing super size. Listen, I was 300 pounds. I wasn't eating burgers. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. I, I would be eating two calzones in a night, but not, a- not a bunch of burgers. But I've been, this is the first time I've been binging burgers for about two, three weeks. I, I got my hemorrhoids back, and I was shitting blood for a minute. That is delightful. That is so good. That is so great. I just got them bleached. What? My hemorrhoids. 
You, I didn't know you could get them bleed. That's how. Is that how you take care of hemorrhoids? I thought you popped them. I, I don't know. How do you take care of hemorrhoids? Oh, I take poppers to ease them up, you know. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, I was being ribbed. I like how we're getting uh, people hungry for fast food right now. Oh, my God. Totally. We're just we're like this. Pretty much it's going to kill you. And he's proof of it. He, what he's talking about right now. now think about it? my war torn ass. War torn ass. It is a fucking minefield down there of just craters of just old hemorrhoids and burger grease. It's, it's horrifying. I'm 25. And he's 25. He's, <laughs> at the rate he's going, he's going to look older than me in six months. Uh, that being said, comedy. Uh, I know because uh, this is our second run at doing this podcast episode. Um, I already know we're doing way better this time. Than well, we're last that time, time, last time you were like, in Ramadan, you were like fasting for a few days. I was like, like so yesterday I fasted, so today is an eating day for you me. You see, much more pre. I'm much more present. I was pretty hungover last time we did this. Yeah. And last time, I think I got to say my greasiest meal was uh, I went out with some friends from Laugh Factory and we stayed out. And then the three of us, between three of us, we ordered a hundred dollars worth of McDonald's. That's so fucking. Shout out to Chris and Joe from Laugh Factory. Impressive. We, we got so. Did you? I think I brought this up last time. On an egg, on a sausage egg biscuit from McDonald's. On, I think it's a secret menu item because who would ever think of this? Yeah. But you can get extra butter. Extra butter, guys. Not only can you get an extra uh, egg patty and an extra sausage patty, you can get extra butter. Extra egg. butter. <laughs> I mean, that's just savage. Like when, okay, when butter is supposed to be like a background condiment. You know what I mean? It's something you, t- you taste lightly. When it becomes the condiment, that's saying a lot. It's just like, oh, all the moisture on here is just butter. Have you ever been someone where you were like, because I've gotten to a point where, like, at least I buttered some toast. Oh, like totally. I've, yeah, I've done it. I remember there was a time where I think I was eating a bagel at like 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have any cream cheese. So I was like, I'll just make it for the cream cheese with the butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, they're not supposed to do it that way. I actually, that's the way I handle uh, pancakes. Like pancakes, no matter how much butter they give me, I'm using every bit of that butter. So, you know, I went to Golden Nugget. Golden Nugget doesn't give you butter packs. Golden they, Nugget. Can we give a shout out to Golden Nugget? What a, like, an, how do they how do they also have, like, the best clam chowder, but they also have, like, the best tacos and then the best, like, chicken parm? <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, because usually restaurants that have more menu items, they suck at them because they're doing so many things. They're diversifying too much. Golden Nugget has figured out a way to have a lot of menu items and still be pretty fucking good at them. So I, yeah, right. Shout out to Golden Nugget. But they give, when they give butter, they give it like in a small little ice cream <laughs> scoop of butter. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's going to be that kind of night with these pancakes. And I'm just, I'm buttering both sides of the fucking pancakes. I'm hitting, I'm hitting both sides of three pancakes with butter that you can see. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be good eating. Sweet and salty, baby. And Let me pour the syrup on. For a typical Golden Nugget night, it's 3 a.m. and there's sex workers and police on the on each side it, of the Exactly. Restaurant. Two warring tribes is not going to war because they are breaking bread in some weird, some weird uh, uh, modern day Thanksgiving, if you will. Um, so you work at Laugh Factory. Uh, we talked before. You and I are both from New York. I'm from New York City proper. You're from Cortland, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Cortland, right? New York. Yep. Uh, and the reason why I remember that is my ex from Cortland Manor, which I don't know how far from Cortland that is. But uh, I listen, I I grew up there for, I think like. 12, 13 years, 15 years, I think. And then uh, there's like Cortlandville, Cortland, whatever. Like they're yeah. all touching. Yeah, exactly. And so. then I don't I don't think Cortland is in Cortland County. There's a Cortland County and then I don't think it's in Cortland. No, Cortland is not in Cortland County. I, I think you're yeah, right about it's that. It's in yeah, Tompkins County. Right. Tompkins <laughs> County, New York. Um, and uh, you were mentioning before, like, and, and, you know, you talked about this, by the way, when he told me this the last time about when he was big, he mentioned that he would get like the big tubs of rainbow sherbet. I, ever since you mentioned sherbet, I was just like, Oh, I remember liking sherbet. There's not a week that's gone by that. I haven't had sherbet once or twice in the week. You want to hear, you want to hear my favorite sherbet story. Uh, My friend, Jeremy in high school, we would come over. We'd just like, work on projects like film videos do stuff like that and then uh every weekend i would come over i would get a big jug of sweet tea and i would get a big jug like a big uh a big like cylinder the only way yeah. they serve rainbow sherbet is a is a big cylinder it's like a multi-pound and it's by pound it's like it's like it, 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 it 
or, or is it a gallon? I think it's a gallon. I think it's legitimately I think it's a, gallon a gallon of sherbet. Like, cause my it's funny because when I asked my ex, she was coming to hang out with me. She's like, "Do you want anything from the store?" I was like, "Can you get me some sherbet?" That was what she brought me. She brought me the bin with the fucking handle on it, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like this is. It looks like there. It looks like you bought it from the factory to like put in your ice cream shop to like scoop out of. Yeah, <laughs> not not for you to just take a spoon to and knock out. But so. I got infamous for bringing over like two gallons of sherbet, eating half of it, drinking half of the like big jug of sweet tea, and then leaving it there. And then eventually, my friend Jeremy's house, they didn't like sherbet. I came over one time, you know. Four times in a month, you know, and then they're, they asked me to take home the sherbet that was, like, filling up their freezer. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So you got free sherbet out of it. That was sherbet shame. But, yeah, no, I got to bring it all back, and I ate it all. Obviously. Of course. That's good. That's good. Sherbet's amazing. Like, So I found, like, uh, Dean's. Okay? I don't know if you're fucking with this. If you're on the Sherbert Express anymore. But, like, so uh, Dean's, which is a local uh, dairy here, they have a pineapple sherbet. That has chunks of pineapple in it, and it is fucking. I I'm like, oh my god, this is this is this is amazing. I and they have like the smaller bins too, which is just like the regular serving containers. Yeah, buddy, oh, we're gonna take a little break from the Epic Cheat Day podcast because we got some <laughs> McDonald's that Mike brought up. Mike, say hi to the guests. What's going on? How's it going? <laughs> That's producer Mike here. Uh, did you turn up his mic? What do you mean? Did I turn up Mike? I just oh. I'm just not speaking. Yeah, that's all. But also, I'm I'm really loud. I didn't do anything yeah, with this mic. Okay. Uh, what do I do to just do I just hit stop? Can I just or well, it won't separate yeah, the tracks. And then when I start recording again, just hit record yeah, again. Yeah. The way well, everything works ever. And then so we're just oh, testing okay. this out. Oh, look at that! So that's gonna we look all awesome together. Yeah. yeah. What's your last name? And yeah, we didn't do that. Fortunately for the Epic Cheat Day podcast, also just give me a, a quick, a uh, quick level check here. Hello, 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 hello. Okay, good. So like, I turned my levels down a little bit, and I turned yours up a little bit because Am I, I louder talk than a lot of shit. We're we're about level now. See, we're All right. we're good. And if you look before, Mike's gonna have to do a lot of cleaning up for this. So. Uh, we're back with the Epic Cheat Day podcast. This isn't a two-parter. No, here's what we decided to do. Uh, Mike was gracious enough to go to McDonald's, and he got us something, and we wanted to eat because we are hungry. Uh, I had a McChicken. Alex had a McChicken and a cheeseburger. Listen, I don't fat shame, but food is an addiction. It is I, an addiction. <laughs> it really is an addiction. I, cra- I came in today, and I was like, you know what? I didn't have Burger King for breakfast, just spaghetti. Just but, uh, <laughs> exactly. It's just, but you know what? He needed to get some kind of fast food back but, in his system. Yeah. But then in my head, I think I said this while we were eating. I was like, oh, almost almost made it a day without fast food for breakfast. <laughs> and then I said, you know what? Sunday's my Friday. <laughs> yeah, Sunday is my Friday. You guys I do a little heroin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is uh, this is how we're doing it here on the Epic Cheat Day podcast. We're the enabling podcast. Hit me up. Epic Cheat Day podcast. Facebook, Instagram, of course, Gmail, which nobody uses. Uh, please use the email. And by the way, like and subscribe to the podcast, for God's sakes. So I'm sitting with Alex Clays, as I mentioned before. It's not like a, I'm saying it like it's a fucking radio show, like I didn't mention your name six times already. Uh, anybody who's listening knows who the guest is. Um, and uh, we are uh, we were we talked about food already. Let's talk a little bit about comedy from Cortland, New York. Uh, you know, you're a big kid. Um, as I know, being heavy for some reason, there's a correlation with being heavy when you're younger is going to make you funnier because it's a coping mechanism. Do you feel that that translated into you being a comic? Well, I was funny before I started putting on weight. I started being the class clown when I was a little kid. Okay. And then I gained weight. And then I remember when I was 13, there was a, a fork in the road of my best friends were, I was either going to go play World of Warcraft or be charismatic and get a girlfriend. Yeah. And I tried to do both and b- did both of them pretty sloppy. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it was still one of those things where, like, or really early on, I learned I was like, oh, you know, there's a, what is it? Andrew Dice Clay is always, like, slapping his belly. He's like, I'm fucking sexy or whatever. And I was yeah, always yeah, like, yeah. hell hell yeah. You know, I you know, don't, I don't know if you should look up Andrew Dice Clay. But I, 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 it's very inspiring how, like. You know, it's it's all about loving yourself. Lizzo totally. didn't exist when I was a kid, but I was Lizzo. Can I say I was Lizzo first? <laughs> totally. Um, what's the name? Uh, but it's funny you should mention Andrew Dice Clay because he's one of my 
he is literally my earliest comic influence. Like he's the reason why I even started to do comedy because like you and I, there's a gener- there's I think two generations gap between us. When I was a kid, that's when he like was that's when he blew up and was doing Madison Square Garden and stuff like that. And for me as a kid, it's just like yeah, in hindsight. You know, a lot of his stuff was, you know, you know, sexist, homophobic. But like for me as a kid, it was just like those were some of the earliest. Cur- it was like seeing uh, Beverly Hills Cop and then a few years later seeing Andrew Dice Clay. This was like my introduction to like, ooh, bad words and stuff like that. And this guy is saying this crazy shit in a cell in front of a sellout crowd in front of Madison Square Garden. And that's where the seeds were planted. We're like, holy shit, you can do that. That's amazing. Well, so I never I saw his Dice. comedy. I just saw his confidence in looking really? like looking like old like 50 year old andrew dice clay and still being like somebody fucked me you know and i was like god <laughs> damn that's so awesome i that's honestly, why he's on the arsenio hall show i was gonna say like honestly uh check out uh check out some of dice's stuff i mean it's you're there are things you're gonna hear him say you're gonna be like this ooh, ooh you're gonna you're definitely gonna pull back i even pulled back from it and that's like you know comedy that i grew up with he did a special the one andrew dice clay special funny enough that i've ever seen is just the one he did in 2014 in chicago oh yeah yeah, yeah. i know that special yeah (laughs) that one it it's funny just because he's you have to buy into the character to fucking laugh at. well it's just it's like He's finally playing to Andrew Dice Clay existing in like the 21st century. You know totally, what I mean? totally. There's certain things. It's like there's certain. There's like many Andrew Dice Clayisms, but he's trying again. It's like weird. It's like it's trying. It's you, you see him trying to evolve. It's uh, it's it's very. It's a very interesting special. I like. There are times in that special that I I find completely laugh out loud funny. Um, you know, and then there's others where it's just like Dice. You should probably gauge things a little bit better. Uh, I don't know why, why you think that, um, but yeah, but, it's just, he's, I think he, I think comedy wise, he's kind of fascinating just as a, as a, a character and as part of the history of stand up comedy, just because it's like he, cause when he originally started out, he had six characters and dice was one of them. Andrew Silverstein had six characters and the dice character was just one that he had. And, uh, he decided, and like, that was the one that got the most popularity. So he just decided to run with it. So, you know, you don't really see many character comics nowadays. You know, you don't see that. That's, uh, you know, where people, I mean, we're all exaggerated characters on stage, but it's usually based on who we are as a person. See it in like the, um, what do you call it? What's like the indie comedy? I mean every every comedian. Uh, yeah, I mean every all com- comedy. All comedy. All comedy. Oh, you definitely. Yeah, see yeah. It in I was thinking comedy, of like yeah. music genres. Yeah, like all comics. I I've seen there are tons of like great character com- like what is it? Meg Stalter came from our scene. Like very true. Uh, well, that but that being said, it's like it's yes that you do see that, but it's not. I mean, they were literally. I mean, we're talking about headliner. Yeah. You know, level. You know, Coliseum. You know theater selling out comics not saying that make make salter rocket to her back she's gonna go far. well now the now the thing in comedy is like tell us your deepest darkest secret yeah. and then you know what be funny 10 percent of the time 90 percent of the other stuff it's like draw us in with this story we need to like understand who you are for like the last hit or something i don't know i'm a you know i think most people are jokes per minute kind of thing but i think yeah. it specials are definitely getting structured differently and like what's popular like netflix is changing it up and like all these like specials being more accessible it's like totally a lot a lot of people that wouldn't understand like the wealth of comedy and like what's out there now do and now the style's changing and i feel like that's making specials more important so it's kind of like there's like what is it roy scoville he's like a doing a character a little bit the whole time i think really yeah, he's a fun. I one. don't know. I've I've heard the name, but I've literally I haven't listened to a lot of Roy. He's Scoville. a fun one, but it's it it does seem like a lot of the more popular specials and like honestly, some of my like favorite like my what is it? I love Chris Rock. His most recent one was him getting getting like very like real and like down to yeah, earth for, really for a long time, right and then there's like a punchline after like a minute or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean I think I, I mean and, and again like with comedy with anything there's a spectrum, so it's just like. There's room for everything, you know. It's uh, I I think when people, 
you know, like we as stand-ups, we like to make fun of people who do improv. But let's be honest. When I've seen, I don't know about you, when I've seen good improv, it's fucking amazing. It's it it, it, it it's a beautiful thing to see, in my opinion. Uh, same thing with sketch. Like it's just like when you see people who've really constructed sketch and worked out a scene really well. Um, you know, it's a it's really a good thing. By the way, guys, for people listening, Alex really does have a good beat on comedy, more so than I'd say than a lot of comics because of his job. He works at the Laugh Factory. He sees a lot of comedy. Yeah, a I, lot. I've been uh, working at the Laugh Factory my my college years. I started there November 2016. So it was. I remember I I moved to the city. I was uh, living in a basement in Skokie, and then I just saw. Uh, I think Sarah Perry posted a thing on like a Facebook. I was going to a few open mics. I was bad. Yeah. I thought I was bad at my dreams. You know, I was taking. <laughs> I was taking an hour and a half commute to go to open mics. I was 20 years old. I was freezing in this basement. Uh, and then I just said, eh, what the fuck? Like, I'm going to sign up for this internship at the Laugh Factory. And it's the best club in the, the whole world. Like, I'm not yeah. even kidding. Just, not just because I work there. Like, it's every comic that comes through there, it's, you know, it. we get, like, huge headliners. Like, we'll have, like, Corey Boyd Bell or, like, uh, Teamer from Woke or something. Like, we'll have big people come through. But then on the lineup, there will be, like, People like you and me who are just starting out, like, yeah, and you get to be on a professional show with, because it's different, like, because you know, I, you and me, I, we've been doing bar shows, yeah, most and of it's our careers, definitely a different vibe, or just shows where we have to club. forcefully invite people to our shows, but like it, you know, it's one of those clubs where it's not just an opener, a feature, and then a headliner, like, yeah, we, it's a showcase, and like Curtis is one of the best bookers in the country, like. You know, it it's one uh, J- like Joe the bartender, me, everybody there, the uh, Chris, Kenda, uh, all the servers, um, yeah. like everybody that works there. It's like it's just like a good spirit there. Like it, absolutely, there's, yeah. There's definitely know, Matt and Ashley when, uh, you, when you come in there. You know, you I know when I come in there, Jenna, you, Jessica, uh, absolutely, yeah, Suma, n- name them all. Um, like shit, I'm yeah. trying to think. Jen, Jen, Jessica, Je- okay, I'm uh, Grace, Matt. Sai, uh, David will be back there soon. Fred. Yeah. I think I got most of them. That's most of them. And it's just like, it's like, yeah, it's definitely a very unique and welcoming environment for comics. Like you don't go in there even as a new comic. Cause when I first came to the city, I'm pretty sure you did this a lot. Like I was at the laugh factory watching shows almost as much as I was going to Mike's Cause I wanted to, I wanted to get it. I wanted to really get involved and see this at this level. And I just wanted to see. Well, what like I love that. about yeah. it is it's like, it's, um, it's like everything I've ever needed in comedy. Like, cause most, a lot of people, uh, cause I've been there since I'm 20, I'm 25 yeah. now. I've spent, I, you know, I didn't go to college. I spent my college years in this, like, comedy nightclub. Yeah. But just because it's, like, fun and, like, safe and, you know, you see, like, really great shit happening. Because it used to be, like, a 400-person theater. You know, everyone could hang. There was room for everybody. Like, yeah. the everyone there thrives off of that, like, fun, crazy. Like, everyone that works there should be working at a comedy club. Sometimes you go to a comedy club. And someone's like pissed off that they're like <laughs> that someone's telling jokes, you know, yeah. and everyone there loves everyone there knows everybody, all the servers, everybody's great. And it's just been like my one one stop shop for like seeing friends, you know, seeing the best of comedy, like learning something. And I also get paid while I'm there. Yeah. You know, and Which it's is awesome. Like if, and like oh, what's that old dad is like, even if, if I quit you, comedy, I would still work at the Laugh Factory, well, you know, as long as like Curtis and everyone was there. Like it's I mean, that's that. And that's a testament to the Laugh Factory. I could tell you this. When I first started in comedy, I would go there as much as I would do open mics. And like I never felt intimidated walking in there. You know what I mean? It felt welcoming to a new comic. And it also felt like when I saw somebody who was great and like been doing comedy 10 plus years, it's like. They belong there too, and they're gonna go up and they're gonna do twenty minutes and have a great twenty minutes. And you don't really find that in a lot of places. And I think too, with uh, you know, um, you know, and you're you mentioning that's a, a great place to work. I mean, I could see that. I mean, you know, the people who work there stay working there. You know, that's not a lot of jobs. Um, a so. lot of people there have been there. I think most of the staff has been there like three plus years, five plus years. Yeah. Yeah, and that speaks that speaks volumes. Uh, you know, every and it's a comedy club. Like a lot a comedy of comedy club. clubs, you That's know, a t- there's a turnover. Let's be honest. I people mean, overdose by the end of the first year or something. Jesus Christ, my God! 
Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, Emotionally see. or whatever. Or know? whatever, yeah. It's like people... Listen, comedy has a burnout rate. Let's be let's be honest about that. Well, given that and given your experience with working there, I mean... But I get... Know? What I'm saying is, like, I get no burnout. Yeah. Like, if I worked at an open mic seven days a week, oh I would... Oh, my God. Blow, fucking... I, I'm having chills just I would quit that. comedy, but it's... Yeah. Uh, it, it's a wonderful club. Everyone that comes in there, it's in a great part of town. Yeah. It's like off of a main street. It's really fun. Everyone that works there is there to have a good time. Like it, it's not just a job for us. It's like, you know, like I said, it's like I see my friends. It's a career thing. It's a like, like you just say it's it has yeah. like it's one of the only clubs that has like a spirit to it. Yeah. And you know. uh, let's listen. And this listen. For and people again, this is listening. not just because I, I was work gonna here. Say, I was going to say, guys, we're not just pitching the laugh factor. We're ta- I'm talking to somebody who has like this is this has been a major part of his growth as a comic and as a person while living in the great city of Chicago. So, yeah, it makes sense why this is a big focus of this conversation. I've also done nothing else but work there and do comedy for the last <laughs> five years. I don't have anything else to talk about. But I mean, let's let's I mean, but that but but in that it's like, what's that? The old adage that I was going to say before was, uh, you know, what's that? If you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. You know what I mean? Or if you work for something yeah. that, that or whatever it is. So it's like you genuinely enjoy it. You know, every time I see you when you're there, you seem at home. You seem you, you, you seem at peace. You seem like, hey, you know, you're doing what you want to be doing, which is great. How many 25 year olds struggle and try to fucking figure out what the next move is? Almost everyone. So. Well, my parents both are the like, you know, my my mom came from poverty. My dad came from poverty. Yeah. And then, you know, it. They were just very like, you know, my mom, like I said, I thought I was, uh, you know, my my mom was like went to pharmacy school and then my dad's like an astronomer and stuff now like they yeah. but they had to like pull themselves up by their bootstraps and everything and you were already around while they were doing this, yeah my right? mom yeah. yeah my mom came from like poverty in like mexico and then my dad was like you know massachusetts farmer i didn't realize your your mom was mexican i didn't, I didn't yeah know she she doesn't look at i don't look at Oh wow! Okay, yeah. That's information about Alex. when I when I go visit my family, I it looks like I'm on a cruise. <laughs> That's what a statement here. Um, but it's uh, you know, and so then throughout high school, you know, I I did stand up comedy when I was 16, so I sort of knew what I knew what I wanted to do. I when I was 12, I started like stealing jokes from like Dane Cook and telling them on the bus and everything. That's awesome. I would steal like. Uh, I think I stole like a joke from, uh, I think it was Chris Rock or Sebastian Maniscalco. They were just like talking about being in the club. And then I was a fat little 12 year old and I went into my bus and I was like, I was in the club last night. And I tried to like steal this joke. Like I was just, I just loved like the presentation of like the joke. And like, I just fell in love with comedy so early. I knew it was what I wanted to do. That's awesome. And I started like, uh, I opened for my friend's band when I was like 16 at my youth bureau. How did that go? Oh, it was, uh... I think I did well. I wore a blazer. <laughs> yeah. Big old, big old, big old kid in a, with a bowl cut gotta and a blazer. Look, gotta look good on stage. And uh, I, 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 I thought I did well. I was showing people the clip. <laughs> I was showing people the clip. But uh, and then it, but then I thought I had to go to college. And then uh, I got sick when I was eighteen, and I couldn't go to college anymore. Uh, and then I just told my mom. I was like. You know what? I'm dropping out. If I make it out, I'm gonna go do what I want to do. Absolutely. And then, so I got sick. I was home for I had cancer. We, we'll brush over that. But we'll, it's, br- <laughs> we'll brush over the cancer. You we'll know brush over the cancer. People. Uh, yeah. we'll, 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 we don't have to. But and then, that. so I uh, I moved into the city when I was 20, and then I I you know I knew this whole time it's been yeah. what I wanted to do, yeah. and I thought I think about this almost every day where I'm like, oh, I. Don't ever have to think about, huh, what do I want to do? Like, I'm doing it. And, like, you know, that's why I love Laugh Factory. It's everyone that's had a dream about being in comedy. Like, Laugh Factory is, like, almost what you want that to be. Whether you're just coming in for, like, a show or you work there, you're a comic that hangs out there. It's real. like, again, not just because I work here, (laughs) you know? Now, speaking of which, now, because you have this experience, you have seen so many comics over the five years – Help out the new comic. What do they need to do to get put on a Laugh Factory lineup? Because it's like, I mean, it's like it, it is a club. There's one of three big clubs in the city. I'm, I, I really, honestly, I because now that I'm. What are the other ones? 
Uh, <laughs> what are the other ones? Well, right now I'm I'm booking two shows at uh, Lincoln Lodge. So and oh, like yeah. Lincoln Lodge came back, they came back fucking strong. And this isn't me just shilling for them, but now like, Lincoln Lodge, they they fucking yeah. suck, right? They do not suck. <laughs> Lincoln Lodge, guys, check out the No Gimmicks Needed Comedy Show first Friday of every single month at the uh, Lincoln Lodge. We had our first show this past Friday, and uh, we sold out. Incredible energy, start to finish. Uh, we're keeping the lineups tight, short. Uh, we're doing one hour, one hour, 10, 15 max. Um, you know, comics are getting 10 minute sets. The headliner is getting 20. Simple, 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 straightforward. We want people to laugh. Uh, no gimmicks need a comedy show every first Friday of the month, 915 Lincoln Lodge. And uh, I'm going to be posting the lineup for June very, very soon. It's going to be an interesting lineup, though. Hell yeah. Uh, so that and, uh, of course, I'm now a co-producer on um, uh, Chicago Fight Club. So, uh, but le- yeah, so it's like, so you got Lincoln Lodge, you got Laugh Factory, you got Comedy Bar, and you got Zanies. That's who I could think of. Yeah. And so comics, of course, naturally, it's like, yeah, like you mentioned before, bar shows. Bar shows are usually the first shows that you do outside of the open mic. You got to you, you start on bar shows. You see yeah. the comics that we don't know how, but they get on stage before having to do any yeah. bar shows. And you can tell. Sometimes, sometimes it's helpful because sometimes starting at bar shows, you don't know how to work a professional club. And when you start, like I, you know, thankfully I got a taste of both where I, you know, I had to go do uh, Phyllis's Musical Inn for a, a few times. And yeah. Yeah. You know, I run a show called Red Lobster, and that's a shit show. By the way, speaking of, I heard you guys are coming back, it's coming baby. Back. It's yeah. the pristine, saddest symbol of Chicago comedy now. Is, are you guys still doing it at, at uh, every third LNL? Monday at the LNL? I don't even want to talk about it. You know, it's too exclusive. Shh, I don't even know if anyone on here will be able to get in. I I, I remember when I got booked. I'm afraid on this to show. promote it. I'm afraid gonna, to promote it. I was going to say I was booked on the the Red Lobster show. First of all, there's a a server at Laugh Factory. I know her well. She doesn't know me at all. Okay. <laughs> But it's because of your show, which you it urged me to come to. Alex urges me to come to do Red Lobster. You got to do Red Lobster. Got to do Red Lobster every time. That's on so Finally, I come to Red Lobster. He he doesn't get me up. I'm sitting right up front. Sees me the whole entire night. So what happens is is Red Lobster is insane. Yeah. Red Lobster. It is. And by the way, I didn't know what to expect. And within 10 minutes, I was just like, oh, this is what this Not is. Not a professional show. No one yeah. pays to be there. There are free hot dogs, though. Every single show, I get, uh, Ken that runs the LNL, he gives me like $80 to go get the crispy are Vienna, Vienna beefs, beefs off the line. Off the line from the from the factory store. Because I used to live in Logan right next to the factory. Yeah, so yeah, I would just yeah, go up there yeah. and then. Uh, but the show is insane. It is insane. Uh, it is Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy's favorite bar. It's yeah. very. It, it's. It dude, lo- they have the fans with the one blade <laughs> going around. You're like, dude, you know you could fix that for not that cheap, and they're like, nah, fuck it. The eight. It's a cash bar in the AT. You have to walk over the stage to get to the ATM. Like it's purposefully a goofy show. It's, it is. We it we ran like a shit show. And so sometimes people would walk in. I just throw them up because it's funny that they just walked in. Yeah. Okay. So and the door is right next to the, the stage. So everyone right that walks and uh, so and I put Derek. There. You were on the list. I was actually on the list for this show. Well, here was my breaking point. So I was there for an hour and a half at this point. And when I saw Paul Miller and I looked at, I timed it when he was on <laughs> twelve minutes of a drunk Paul Miller bit. I'm just like, and we're calling this tonight. But the way that started well, out. We're the one show that Paul Miller gets to do a tight 25. Tight, tight, the tightest of 25 on. <laughs> I, I really wanted to. Like, I genuinely want, because you've seen me before. I could be a little bit unhinged. I saw the freedom that you could have in that environment. And everybody's hammered drunk. I, I don't drink, but I'm like, but dude, I could fucking unload at this fucking, at this show. I want to do it so bad. You know, nothing, nothing like too awful but it is sort of like if you want to scream if you want to start yeah. a chant you can you know yeah exactly we, be within reason you don't want to go up there and start race wars because you don't understand oh. the concept of funny and stupid but uh, yeah by all means go up there and and be wacky man be weird it, it's still such a it is i think my wildest moments in comedy have still been running that show for three years and i you know derek you are you were part of the tradition where it wasn't a red lobster 
unless four of my friends got upset at me by the end of the show. <laughs> I felt bad, too, because, like, you were, like, when you hit me up the next day, you were so apologetic and so sweet about it. I was just like this. Yeah, I can't. Well, it's it's the day after Red Lobster. I think that was the... It, I think that was the time where I got robbed the night that Red Lobster oh, happened. Fun. I used to just I used to carry the speaker home for like I think a mile and a half. Oh yeah, guys, if we're talking about like, we're talking about like in terms of this show, like it's literally it's the whatever the the thrift store amp you can get. You guys got it from a thrift store, didn't no, you? No, David and I bought it off of this musician that gave up even more, on Facebook even Marketplace. Better. And it's like, dude, it's literally like a personal amp. It's like it's not an amp that should be used for public spaces or very big ones well not that red lobster is a huge space but like and like you guys have the cord and i re- i don't know if you guys saw it, but like the mic cord where it's a uh, uh kind of like an old phone cord was that you guys oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. or it's like one of those curly q fucking cords to it i'm just like my god and then of course you guys also ran the the diner mic which oh. by the way i don't know any comic that's done the diner mic that has anything bad to i'll say tell you it. what i'll tell you what the, it it was the most relaxing calm you know again half half the food addicted me and half the you know taste me that knew better we just wanted to have a mic that was about like maybe 4 p.m. Because then the lotto spots at Laugh Factory, you know, where you could get on a real show if you just picked a ticket back in the day. And like everyone would show up, but there was like no place to hang out before. So, you know, a great place to practice. We just, we got this like nice back room at a diner. We had the, you know, but everyone had to be quiet, you know. And then one, you know, sometimes Quentin Johnson would get up there and scream so loud he would scare the children. And then I, I'd get into an argument with the owner or something. Nice. Nice. Well, that's how, oh Quentin Johnson. Have you heard from him? Okay. No, I think he moved. Oh, so he's permanently out of shape. But he was a screamer. He was. He uh, was. Yeah. He he, he had he had headlined a few Red Lobsters. <laughs> By the way, how appropriate that you have Quentin Johnson headlining Red Lobster. Quentin that's Johnson. Perfect. It's so funny. He's one of the more tame Red Lobster headliners we've ever had. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Ryan Oliver, you've had that We've had right? Ryan Oliver. You've had who? who give, give us some of the hitters of. Uh, um, for non-comics, I apologize for this. God, this sometimes, really you know what it is? Sometimes it's like, uh, you know, Joe Fernandez would do Masturbation Jenkins, which is the poop and cum eating homeless man. Fucking love Is the mascot of uh, Red yeah. Lobster. Uh, By the way, Joe Fernandez is one fucking uh, an it, incredible comic. A legend. Yeah, Go, legend uh, comic. Look, uh, his album Ugly is on iTunes. Yeah, so, yeah, listen to Joe Fernandez. Just but a big comes, ad over here. <laughs> just a big ad for local comics and... People who actually made it in Red Lobster comedy. And by the way, if you're a non-comic, like I, I, I don't think you guys don't open up the LNL to non-comics during Red Lobster, do you? It's pretty exclusive. When I no, was there, I, I don't remember seeing anybody listen, other than the owner who wasn't a comic. Uh, you know, it. We would get the people who came in for a Red Lobster would stick around for about 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> there, maybe there's been a few times, like like I was about to say, our other headliners have been people that have walked in. <laughs> like, I straight, love it. We, uh, I think one time there was like this vet. His name's Manny. And the whole show, anytime someone told a dirty joke, he would go, oh, my God. And he was just like taking shots. And he was like, he was like unable to walk drunk. And then we were like, oh, no, is he going to say something? And then people started slowly, like, talking to him throughout the show. And then by the end, uh, he he was, he was just turned out to be, like, the most woke vet you've ever met in your whole life. Which, <laughs> he, yeah, that doesn't work. he went up there on the stage that he was, like, trans women are women or something. And we were like, good God. Yeah, like, we were not expecting <laughs> you to say that. I, you look like you haven't, like, read the news in, like, 40 years. <laughs> That's good. Good and, for him. No, and then yeah. he, he's like, I want to tell one joke. And then he headlined, of course. We had to let him headline. Course, and then he, yeah, the, the, the like his jokes were like, the only difference between men and women is two letters, W and O. He goes, do you know what W and O stands for? And then everyone was like waiting for it to be like something horrifically sexist yeah. or something. Uh, and then he just goes, we own men. And everyone like lost wow. their mind. Everyone's clapping. And this is after like a dirty comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's just like, cause insane things happen like that. And then you're just, it's sort of, I'd say red lobster is very similar to, uh, like just a bunch of sailors all drunk at the sea. <laughs> nice. If someone had to run a comedy show where you gave everybody five to six minutes on a boat, that's what it would be like. Well, well, my Red Lobster story ended with Paul Miller. Here's so here's the, I'll, I'll tell a little bit more Your about new beef it with Paul great. Miller. The two I food. love 
I fucking love Paul. The Miller two food so comics much. in the city are beefing. Are beefing. I love Paul Miller. So here's the things that here's the thing that happened. So first, Pratik was just like, listen, I'm gonna sh- go support support Derek. We'll do Red Lobster <laughs> comedy. He wasn't even on the list, but he goes up. You guys had him go up, right? <laughs> so it's just like he goes up. Then a uh, server from Laugh Factory, whose name I'm not gonna mention. She goes up. I've never seen this person before in my life. Okay, I didn't know who they were. I know they were comics. You know what name drop right now? Uh, fuck it. Uh, so Jenna Ray goes up, right? She goes up and uh, she looks me right in the eye because I always sit up. I always sit up front whether I'm at a show or at a mic. So she looks me right in the eye. She's, she's like, "Incest is hot, right?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" So like for a couple days afterwards, and you know, like there's a larger context to this, but like for the next few days afterwards, I had this like paranoid delusions. Like, are people in my search history? So I'm like, "Who the fuck <laughs> wait, is wait, wait. who the <laughs> fuck is generate?" Because you know, I'm I. I, I, I have delusions. I have delusions. You were just thinking, offended so. that she would just instantly think you. No, you're no, into no, incest. It's, it's just that, that you. No, no, I thought I thought that she was somebody who was privy to my information. It's a Freudian slip. The- <laughs> so yeah, so I was just like this, and then she mentioned a porn star's name in particular, who I'd been watching uh, uh, videos on. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, and that's what happened. So, yeah, if uh, if I uh, ever have a conversation with generate, it's going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> OK, what is it? Is it a so no I was stepmom a, or stepsister? Which one? is No. It? So, OK, so basically she goes, uh, she was just like, so incest is hot. Right. Then a few more few more minutes down, she starts talking about the porn star Riley Reed. Right. Riley Reed at the time, they was they were doing a lot of scenes with her and this other porn star named Melissa Moore. And if you look them up, they look like sisters okay but they were called them better i know i'm just i'm explaining so and that's not doth protest too much i genuinely i i don't know these people so anyway basically these two porn stars look like they're related do you why are you touching everything i'm just fidgeting i know you know the mics are picking this up the incest porn's getting me nervous is that what it is (laughs) the incest porn well they would put them in videos where they're supposed to be like friends or stepsisters but they look exactly alike so i'm connecting the dots i'm like this she brought up riley reed she brought up incest porn and this is porn that i watched this week what the fuck is going on here and again like i still struggle with my mental health stuff so it's just like it started me on this whole delusional (laughs) fucking path for three days and i'm like this jesus and then i snapped out of it i was just like oh okay this is just clearly a fucking. We total. also hire psychics at Red psychics Lobster. Psychics at Red Lobster comedy. It <laughs> fucked me up for a couple of days, but man. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I I thought you were going with it was like, and Jenna thought I look I look like I look at incest porn. And you're like, how did she know? <laughs> <laughs> well, also on top of that too. I mean, if you're a male comic in Chicago, you've probably looked at more than your fair share of incest porn. Alex told me this in private, but his favorite porn genre is incest porn. <laughs> Look at the look on his How, face. I gotta go. <laughs> He's like, my parents listen to the Epic Cheat Day podcast. I'm about to start getting merch, so uh, just give me the heads up. Oh, I would love yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, I ordered two sample T-shirts. So, with the new logos that I have, that are fast food based. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, wow, I'll buy the first digression. one. Nice, I appreciate it. Well, you you actually listen to the podcast. Yeah, I love. This is one of my favorite podcasts. So uh, let me ask this: How am I doing as a host? Is this okay? Are we You're a doing good time? pretty well. Good time. Okay. I think you got to. Uh, in the beginning, you were you had, you were more segmented. I know this is a little raw, but I think if you, you do a little more, like you know, if you have like some bullet points and some bullet like, points. Yeah. I but here's the thing: my favorite episodes have been the ones that go off the wall that yeah. had no structure. Well, I remember you telling me that before, and that's why with you, I'm just like this. All right, let's just see where let's see where this goes. Yeah, uh, my favorite one. If everyone, if you haven't listened to it, Jamal Gushan, he just comes on. You you don't you talk about. I don't even think you get to food. You just no, we don't. He just tells just... a story about how you went up to him at an open mic and you were like, "Did you kill children in the <laughs> army?" <laughs> it's like, well, me and Jamal, we buried the hatchet with that episode, by the way. But man, that was a it was a good episode. By the way, I still get complimented about that episode to this day. So, uh, but that's but like I feel like it's weird. Like, well, because it's wholesome. You hear like two people actually like it's it's a podcast of two people resolving something. It's actually very wholesome. Something. It is very wholesome. And uh, well, like before, like I had uh, Leo Kundafon and uh, right before you and uh with them it's just like i had i had we i kind of had like an idea for bullet points there's other comics where i had like when i had evelyn troutman on i had ideas for what i wanted to ask but with you i'm just like it's alex i i, have I don't know if you've heard the podcast so far we might need to do a second one we might where have I to fill you in on every other every other 
thing I eat and my habits and how it's affected my life. <laughs> how it's affected my I, life. I, I looked at the, I, in the beginning, I looked at the, the marker on the screen and it said 15. I was like, we've been talking about fast food dynamics for 15 for minutes. 15 minutes. And you know what? Guess what? It's all staying in, buddy. I'm not editing that. That is just going to fucking be in for for the entire entire episode and uh i i genuinely believe that you, i think you were right in s- insisting that we do a second episode you and jason acevedo are the two people i'm gonna do all this with so it's uh, oh yeah well our first one is just that i was hung over and then you were starving i was starving yeah those are two wrongs that aren't making a right right you were now. like yeah. blinking slowly <laughs> you kept calling me chris i did keep calling you chris <laughs> Shout out to Chris Gladys. Shout out to Chris Gladys. And it was literally because I just started speaking. To, I was He was texting me and we were talking about going to an open mic that day. And that's, uh, I'm roasting him in two weeks. Oh, you're roasting Chris. I'm ro- roasting yeah. Chris. Yeah, I got, I got some. Oh, he told me right about now. that. Yeah. And he and I are supposed to hang out because he's like this. Well, I don't know anything about you. So it's just like, dude, I'm fat. I, like, you do know enough about me to roast me, though. You know what? That just shows he doesn't listen to the podcast. He doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris you Gladys, for not listening to the Epic Cheat Day podcast. You know podcast. what? You could even name this episode. Fuck you, Chris Class. He won't even listen. He won't listen. <laughs> this could, I could do all of my roast jokes right now. I just realized, too, as I was like this to the mic, it wasn't picking me up. So that's good. We're going to have weird dips <laughs> in the audio. You're going to hear Alex fidgeting like this throughout the podcast it's fine you know what we're keeping all that in there guys this is a, it's part of the magic it's part of the magic of comedy so all right so that's what i wanted to ask you before that before we got derailed six times new comics oh. how are they getting on shows at laugh factory what's um, the, what's the what should they do well, well what, we and more importantly what shouldn't they do uh I annoy curtis yeah um curtis probably one of the best bookers in the country like one of the most like trustable tastes. Like if you go to a show at Laugh Factor, it's usually really good, yeah. and it's usually lined up really well. He's been doing this so long, um, but it, you know, everyone else at the club. It's the same thing with every other comedy club too. It's not just on the booker. It's like the servers have to like you, or like Joe the bartender. It, he's like the he's the nucleus of the club. You yeah. know, he he's there every day. He's like keeping shit together. All that stuff. And, you know, it's uh, and then when we were when I was managing open mic nights, it would be if Curtis couldn't come, then, you know, Joe and I and like someone else would recommend like our top three or like someone to go up. Yeah. But also it's if you're funny, you'll have a good clip. And Curtis, I've seen him like open up clips and watch them. He knows really quickly, like he knows stuff that I don't even I can't even probably pick up on now, like being a four year comic. Like, yeah just in a second being like, oh, well, this clip is at this, this is at this, and, like, he's, you know, the crowd isn't on his side with this. He's, like, scaring them off or something, or this person's doing this, oh, or wow. she's, so like... He, he has, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, be, you know, interesting. Uh, stand out. It's, uh, and it's also just be funny. Yeah. And if you want to get booked at something like uh, Laugh Factory, and it's not just some, you know, they're some of my favorite shows, uh, you know, like a like a shit show or you know just some like you mean shithole shithole or what was the other one i was thinking of there's a there's one called shit show no there's shithole and then there's a oh my god it's uh my friend caitlin runs it it caitlin it was at the it was at the hideout oh god now this sounds... oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no it's fuck, just and i've been fuck, i went fuck 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 i know what you're talking about i know what you're talking about and those are some of like the yeah there's or, a, or there's hell or hell what was it hell trap nightmare right or what? no there's like well hell trap nightmare is another great one another great and then one, uh yeah. i'm it's the one richie arnold and megan stalter used to run it yeah, with, like, yeah, yeah all those yeah. guys but like it like all i've been to a bunch of like really great alt rooms and stuff in the city and that's where i've seen probably some of like the most interesting comedy I've ever seen. But if you're looking to like get into a club, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be unique and like, you know, what, what is it? Uh, Jamie Schreiner, she hosts and works there all the time. She's doing like three songs in an eight minute set, yeah. you know? And yeah. it, so you They're can, hilarious songs. Dane so, yeah. Arden is now using a projector. He's doing a slideshow and it's hilarious. You yeah. know, it's so you can still get away with stuff. People, I was talking with a comic about this where like people just don't utilize 
how multimedia, at least Laugh Factory is, and, and most clubs are. Yeah. But uh, it's really about just like standing out and you got to be able to make the crowd laugh. Like, yeah. if you're the difference between a bar show and a club show is, you know, at a bar show, most people aren't going to s- sit there like they're in a theater. They're, yeah. So you got to be like aggressive. You got to really grab their attention. People showing up to a club for the most part want to laugh and you, you have to just be so convincingly funny and you have to like, you know, your jokes per minute have to be yeah. good. You have to have good pun. You have to be like personable. You have to be someone, you know, you could be great at an open mic, make the back gonna, of the room laugh and all that stuff. That, yeah. But it, it is about, you know, as much as there's like young people in the crowd or your, your type of crowd, whoever your crowd is, there's still going to be like, you know, there's going to be a mom that's never heard a joke before. Totally. You know, or a dad that hasn't heard anybody since Richard Pryor. Exactly. You know, and they're going to show up and you're going to, you can't just like go up there and then make some like, you know, like 4chan joke and think they're going to (laughs) understand all of it or something. Totally. No, they can't. It's just you have to, you can be someone that jokes around about like very niche shit. You just have to somehow translate it. To, to like something that's more to palpable a, to a, to anybody, yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying become the most general comic ever. I'm just no, saying definitely don't think about that. your audience when you are like trying to get into a place like Laugh Factory. Yeah. And you know, the thing, one of the things about sort of honing yourself or something like that is it really helps you get broader. It helps you like, you know, my perspective on comedy is, you know, completely changed obviously I since working at Laugh so. Factory. And it feel, I oh, feel like mine has changed us from doing comedy, you know. So I can only imagine also seeing it to the to the extent that you have like, every that's, di- yeah. And then I just get to see every different type of because yeah. every lineup, it's like you know, it's eight people. It's like there's a comic for everybody. Like totally. So there's like, I get to see how different types of crowds react. Like sometimes there are shows where my favorite comics bomb because like the crowd is all like weird like bachelor bachelorette parties yeah. like like it's you know and then the comic that you're usually like, oh, okay, about And then they go up and they murder because yeah. it's like, oh, that's what these people wanted to see. And it was like, yeah, you know, it. it's not about making yourself too general or anything, but totally. it's like you got to, if you're applying to a club, you got to think about a club and just be funny. Yeah. You, it, it, you know, trust your instincts more than, you know, more than anything. Like you'll know if something's funny, but also, you know, don't like fit yourself in like yeah. into a hole, but like, don't be, don't be too, don't be better than, you know, generalizing a little bit or just like making it like palatable, yeah. well, you know? I, I have to give you a lot of credit. Or palatable. I, recent, recently I did, uh, I did a guest spot at Laugh Factory and it was just like, it was a strong set. Like I definitely, I yeah, felt you did like, really I, well. I felt like I got a good clip out of it, but it was just like the feet when I, the, I went to you right afterwards and you gave me like, I think one of your strong suits and I don't know how you can incorporate this is at Laugh Factory, but like. The feedback you gave me was so specific, and wasn't it, it? It didn't sound like criticism at all. It sounded like critiquing, and like you did such a great job of breaking down. Like, okay, well, I like this. This is where you can improve. This was something that was kind of iffy, blah blah. blah. You were phenomenal at that. So I don't know how. You oh know. well, I the thing is, is like you know, as comics, everyone, you know, it's not new for any comic to be like analytical. It's just I'm always watching comedy, yes. and it's like. I go to I wake up, I go to Laugh Factory, I go to sleep. If you ask them though. If you ask them, they're gonna be like, you know, you did it in a very concise way where I could be like this, okay, this I could see where he was where he was talking about this, whereas with other people it's just like you're just trying to be an ass. Well that's the that's another reason like why I've survived at like Laugh Factory, like why I feel like I have like a great perspective on it is like I don't you know, I almost died when I was eighteen. I'm just like lucky to be here. Totally. I don't have any fucking like ego about this. Every day is Every day I'm like better than my last, you know. Like I'm Same happy to yeah, be doing it. what I'm doing, you know. You got, and I think you got to face death in order to really get no, no, grasp no. But it, it, you also, I think you just have to like. I think that, and it totally because no, I, I, I got to interrupt you on this because you know what? No, I've seen a lot of people who come in here and they're wondering why they don't get spots or whatever, and it's just like no, you're not given anything. And I think when you do actually come face-to-face with a certain level of mortality, which we all do at different points, you with cancer, me with suicide attempts, uh, yeah, it's going to change your perspective on that because because not everything is given and not everything is granted. And, no, you do have to earn certain things. And uh, sorry to cut you off, but on that note, I uh, 
I uh, we have to wrap up. Oh no, uh, no, no! What I was all I was gonna oh, yeah, yeah. Here, on it, is, it, uh, I apologize for that. Go ahead. Um, I just no, want to I, take my spiel about that. And I mean this all genuinely. Like, yeah, I, totally. I feel you know, we all, all when we started out, it was a little bit of like, ooh, let, let like let me get in this showcase, let me network a little bit. But I fucking like as someone that works in a comedy club, I fucking I can't. It's so like the second any open micer. Like a vampire that is like trying to quit blood and then like yeah. sees someone bleeding, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill someone." Totally. That is an open micer when they see like a brush of fame or like even a they'll. I always say, most of these comics are like not your friend. They will cut their best friend's throat to like shit talk someone on a showcase. Yeah, and you it's know, crazy. And it, but the thing is, is like if you go into comedy and you just care about yourself and other people, you get to see like a better side of things and like. You know, you start analyzing comedy different, and I don't know that. That's all I can ad- give advice for is like, start being like happy for the people you see on stage. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I mean, that's and I learned this from watching open from running open mics. Just like I want everybody to succeed. What I'm doing is different from what everybody else is doing. That's the way I look at it. And uh, uh, the episode of your podcast you talked about your open mic inspired me to like because you you had such a passion for like seeing new comics. I was like, yeah. I've been wasting my time with my own open mic, and then things shut down. Like the it. two weeks that I was like a passionate open mic host, <laughs> it was then everything shut back down. I was like, okay, fuck open mics. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Alex, thank you so much for doing this again. I appreciate it. Uh, might do another episode of this. Would you mind doing that? Oh, I would love that. I, I mean, I I feel bad that I just fucking talked about the Laugh Factory and like the no, same booking shit that everybody knows. But you They know, don't know this. Next that's time, we got to we gotta talk about... Lasagna? Just... F- how addicted we are to food. We got to talk more. Sh- we should do, if you ever get a Patreon, we just got to do a Patreon episode. We got to rank fast foods. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Thank you, guys.